I think in pretty much every art form, you know, we come from acting, but in every art form, to my understanding, there is this thing of like, you have to follow your impulses, learn to follow your impulses, learn to listen to them. Sometimes half the battle is just learning to recognize them. Mm. You know, like you're having these impulses, but you're so used to just operating from a certain place that you don't even recognize it. Right. But once you can start learning to recognize those impulses, it's just like, oh, I had this, I had this sudden feeling an urge that I should do this thing. And it's like, okay, well, why didn't you? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't know if it would work. Well, now yeah. we'll never, now we won't know. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. It's that time. It's that sweet, sweet podcast recording time. That sweet, sweet podcast recording time. We are getting into it. Uh, This one I'm excited about, man, because this came from a conversation which we alluded to on previous podcasts. If you're a regular listener, you might have heard us talking about this big topic that was so important for us and we'll talk about it one day and today is the day so you tuned in and if it's your first one welcome appreciate you being here your purpose is happening now that is the title the concept the direction that we're going to take this and all i can say evan is that when we had this conversation it was a turning point for me and what's really funny is the way we were talking about this kind of detail over the last, because we've had a few weeks to kind of like live it and work with it. It's funny how it all comes full circle and you see, oh yeah, that's when I was the happiest in my life. That was when I had the most purpose and the most clarity. I was in, in the moment, I was present and my purpose was in the moment and it wasn't some long distant thing far off in the future. And it wasn't this thing that I passed at some point in my life or you know, whatever past or future game we're playing with ourselves is happening right now. And when you kind of get that, it really changes perspective. It changes the feeling. Um, It eliminates worry. It just makes you kind of grateful and appreciative. It actually is a self-love thing, I think. There's a lot of exciting directions. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what else you have to put, but those are some of the discoveries I've had for myself. Yeah, I'm going to bring in a quote from one of our our favorites on the show, Mr. Alan Watts. Uh, And I'll be paraphrasing this one because I don't know the exact words, but I think I know it decently enough. But no meaningful plans can be made for those who have no capacity for living now. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, I think that, that that has a lot to do with this conversation that, that we're about to get into. And, and I've been excited to get into this one because when we were just having a private conversation and we stumbled our way into this idea, this, this thing, there was something that, uh, that clicked in and, and was very exciting and, and has remained very exciting for me. Uh, and it's something that I, that keeps on coming up in my mind and, and uh, that I've been thinking about 
a lot because yeah, purpose is, I think purpose has become this word, this, uh, I think that it, it has come with a lot of destructive things in our, in our culture, the sense of purpose and, and it's, as we've been saying, it's this whole thing of like, it's purpose becomes this living for the future, this living for, for something that isn't where you are right now. And Mm. which is kind of crazy because it's like in, in some ways, how can you get to that thing then if you, if you, the things that you're doing now don't in some way, um, already embody that, you know what I mean? Like, like if I just suffer, 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 which is a big artist thing too, you know, like you got to suffer for the art, you know, which I, I don't think so. Um, but this thing of like, look, you just gotta, you just gotta suffer and then one day you'll get to be good. But the thing is, is that you spend so much time suffering that you don't even know how to be good. You know, when this thing that you are trying to achieve, this purpose of yours, even even lands when it even arrives. You know, it the the that's the the wisdom that many people have tried to share with humanity is that that day never comes. Yes. You know that like it never arrives. You're living for a day that will never ever arrive to you. You know, because even when it comes, you can't even receive it. You don't even know how to receive it. So then it's just, you're looking for something else again, something else again, and something else again. But this idea of your purpose is happening now is a game changer for every single human being, ourselves included. And before I hand it back over to you, I want to say that like, this is something that in no way I'm like some master of this, what we are sharing. This is something that, um, I am, I, I'm just excited about getting into and exploring a little bit more in depth because I am understanding like a, like sort of the tip of the iceberg of what we're talking about and, and seeing its potential. I'll second that. I'll second that. It's tip of the iceberg for me too. I I do feel like, you know, we were talking a little bit before the call and just to fill people in, like I was talking about kind of my, like my twenties and, uh, you know, just how fun they were and how kind of just on point I felt. And the thing about my twenties, and I never realized this, it's weird. Cause like most of my thirties have been a weird kind of different experience than my twenties, but my teens were also much different than my twenties and my thirties. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like every decade you go through some, you know, at least for me, whatever I I've gone through like three different lives to some degree. And my thirties were very, have been very deep. They've been very much about self-discovery and really um, not just about self-discovery, but about this kind of like depth that I didn't have in my twenties and really building these really sound, solid friendships and relationships and totally evolving as a person and my perspective and um, really a lot of like rooting out of like superficial values and things that, um, you know, when I look back in my twenties, I was like, wow, like, you know, that guy just didn't really know like what things were in a lot of ways. But the one thing I was doing in my twenties, which I actually have kind of discovered in a roundabout way was actually really spot on was I lived in the moment in my twenties and as confused as I was. And, you know, as maybe, uh, 
it's not the right word, but like shallow as I was, cause it was as deep as I could be. Um, I was still present and that's why I was happy. You know, I, I was my, my whole model. And I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I'll just kind of, uh, you know, revisit the, the point when I was 21, one of my best friends, George, he was 24. He just graduated, got his degree. He just got into film school, which was one of his big goals. And he and I, we were making a, we were actually making a project together, which was pretty big at the time and very ambitious. And he had just gotten to film school and we would sit around and we would talk about how like, we're going to make movies one day and this is what we're going to do. And we would talk about the life we're going to have. And, but we were still very present. We were always like loving the moment we were in, at least in my experience. And then when he died tragically in a car accident, all those future ideas were just gone, like for a moment at least. And it was like, I'll never get to experience this stuff with him. And that was devastating. And, you know, like, I really like, I don't even think he realized how much I appreciated him as a person and just like loved him as a person. But when he was gone, he was like someone I found in my life who had the same dreams and ambitions and stuff that I had. And so I were, when he died, it was like, I died because I put myself in his shoes in such a, such a deep level. And it just made me realize like after some months of mourning that I was like, it could all end. It could all just be over one day. And, and, and I might never get to live the dreams that I've talked about. And so I decided that from that point on, after my kind of few months of mourning or however long that was, I just decided that I'm going to live every moment as though it is the moment of my life. And if I die, I'm going to be able to like be laying there dying, going like, well, I gave it as much as I could up to this point. I did everything I could possibly have done up to this point, And there's no regrets. And there's no like one day I'll do this. I did it today. You know, if I, if, for example, I drove down to LA, we, I think we did it that year. I, my, my other friend Jarvis, I said, fuck it, man, let's do it. Let's drive down. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We were so green and so young and just naive but we did it. We drove down there and we figured out a place to stay and we figured out how to do it. And we went to some parties and had this experience and everything just became about do it now and live it now. And I was so happy doing that. And there was times where, you know, the money was tight and there was struggle, but I loved it. And, and I think in my thirties, I've reminisced a lot about my twenties and been like, like, Oh, my twenties were so great. I wish my thirties were like that. And in <laughs> so funny, man, it's like, we've come around to this conversation. I'm like, well, that was the key ingredient. Just be present. Cause all my, all my purpose was in the moment. It wasn't, it didn't matter so much one day. Yeah. I'm sure that'll happen. Or, you know, those things will happen, but I didn't get hung up on that. I was living day to day. And actually, you know, to further this point, just one last little kick. I think that's why you and I became such good friends because when you and I hung out, we were very present together and it just, we just had a good time, you know, and it didn't really matter. Like, and I think like, you know, I look back and I go, well, you know, my twenties weren't perfect, but if there's one thing I did, right, it was that, you know? And, and I think like, this is the thing that I've kind of rediscovered in my thirties is like, yeah, you just got to stop putting it off. Stop making it one day. It's today. Everything's today. It's all happening right now. 
It's not even today. It's now. <laughs> it's, yeah. Today is too long. It's now. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's the big discovery. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is that it's not the saying that your purpose is happening now does not mean that there isn't some bigger picture to to what's going on, like a a vision, a direction that you are, uh, in you know that you are are working yourself towards, right? But that it still begins in a now, like, you know, when we were younger <laughs> actors and filmmakers and things like that, there was, there was a vision of, um, you know, having, having a, a life and a career getting to do this thing and to work with like, you know, the people that we, we idolized and loved, you know, that, that was, yeah, that was a part of a picture that was in the future, but the, the, the purpose of it was still happening right now and every single acting class that we were taking and working on our stuff and watching other people and absorbing and and just um you know being in that creative space that was the that was the purpose right like it was the thing that that's right in front of you and in in some ways you know you kind of you don't necessarily lose what that big picture is but you devote yourself to the thing that's that that you can work towards right now mm. right so i think that also what we're talking about though like expands far beyond that as well you know in terms of what i remember from our original conversation uh on this subject which was like you know, we can get so hung up and focused on, I don't have a sense of purpose in what I'm doing. And, and, and until I have that, that, that sense of purpose, I, I can't do anything. Mm. Right. And I think that that's another side to what this is, where it's like, well, look, your purpose is still happening right now. Like maybe, maybe let go of that that this big thing that you that's become almost a, a weight you know it's become something that's that's keeping you from being present because you know your your gaze has fallen is is so far in the distance you know that you don't even know what you're looking at at the moment anymore right where it's like what are the things that you're doing right now you know like what are the things in your life that you're doing right now that that have some sense of excitement and passion and inspiration in it for you right like as like it can be just the smallest thing but that's your purpose you know that's what i mean it's purpose. like it's, it's, that's your, your purpose, purpose is, is now yeah. yeah your purpose is now it's that thing you know and and even further it's like our lives as a whole you know like um i think krishnamurti says that like your life, life is about learning. Many people, like almost everyone will say that, like ultimately your life is, is, is a learning process. And when you look at it that way, that that's ultimately what your life is. It's about learning, right? Which is far bigger than, you know, a, a sort of a narrow sense of, of purpose and the thing that you're, you're doing in the world. But like with the recognition that no matter what, it's all learning, 
then your purpose becomes more immediate. Your purpose becomes more in what's happening right now in the, the, the sort of the peaceful times and the challenging times that it, it is, it is always your purpose, that difficult conversation with somebody that's your purpose right now. The yeah. meaning of your life is happening right there in that moment, in that conversation. Right. And I think that if we really start to take that to heart, I think that we have no choice but to become so engaged and interested uh, and open to what is happening in the present moment, right? Because if, if that's where your purpose is always is, then you've got to pay attention, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to pay attention. I think that's the thing, you, you know, you hit it right there at the end on, on another level, which is that when we're in the future or the past, we're not paying attention. And you've said this in previous episodes, like attention is magic, right? Like what you put your attention on is magic. And think about it when you're in the future, worried about the future, thinking about the future, wondering, you know, if, if could, whatever it's like, pay attention to right now, you're paying attention to something that doesn't, is not even real, doesn't even exist and doesn't matter. And if you're paying attention to the past, it's already done. You can't do anything, but it's who cares. You know what I mean? Like take your lesson. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, there's lots of lessons you learned from the past, but like, one of the other things that I'm really recognizing too, is that, you know, I think a lot <laughs> too much and I like it. I get addicted to it. It's like, you know, it's like I let my mind just play out all these ideas and whatever. And that can be good on a creative level, but not so good on a day-to-day -day life level. You know, it's like, sometimes yeah. you just got to not overthink it. It's like, look, like if you like somebody, go talk to them, fuck it. You know, just say, fuck it a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> fuck it, do it, try it, see what happens. You know, if there's a, you have an impulse when you're acting, like try it, follow it, see what happens, do it, you know, like, like have some fun. And I think that the big thing that I'm learning too, Evan is like, play is so important. We talk about this, mm -hmm. one of our laws, when you're in the moment, play becomes purposeful, becomes meaningful. It actually matters. But if you're always in the future, you have no time to play. Because you're always like, I got to get stuff done. I have to do this. I have to do that. And you know what? Sometimes what you need to do is you need to recognize the fact that you have an impulse to play and you need to play and you need to try it out. And you know what? Uh, in my twenties, I actually, like I became a pretty charismatic and pretty funny guy, you know, for the most, whatever, self-flagellate, whatever, you know, <laughs> promoting myself, whatever. But I was, I can make people laugh and I just, you know, and I, I, I got good with women. I got good with guys. I got good with everybody. I was just, I figured out how to do it. And what I did was I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to answer any questions serious anymore. <laughs> That's it. No more, no more serious yeah. answers. Like, so if someone asked me, you know, some question let, you know, I could give them the obvious direct answer. I just give them some bullshit answer, some fun answer. I'd play, I would do whatever, but I wouldn't, I just wouldn't do the thing that was obvious. And people loved it because what I started to find out is that people don't care a lot of the time about data and information and being serious. They care about having a good time. And when you say, when someone asks you like, like, what do you, what do you think about the president? And I'm like, you know, and, and you, you give them some odd kind of answer, you know, that's not your real opinion, but it's like funny. And they laugh. It almost like their question didn't even matter anymore. It's all like, whatever, it's all play. It's all fun. You know? And yeah. I think um, my, my purpose was not, to relay information. My purpose was to entertain, was to make people laugh. You know, I'm a performer, I'm a, I'm an actor and I'm an artist. And 
my my purpose was to get a reaction my purpose was to play you know and so when you when you make it the moment you have time for that <laughs> this is a big thing that i'm realizing it's like you have time for what actually matters you know, and you stop making things about like, oh, I got to get this done. Or if I don't, you know, it's consequences, blah, blah, blah. Or what if this doesn't work out? Who cares if it doesn't work out? You're doing it now and you're going to find out. And you know what? I think if, uh, you know, one thing I found with like dating, like, uh, you know, approaching people who are strangers, especially when you like somebody is a frightening thing. Um, you know, for people who haven't done it a lot, when you begin, it's fucking frightening. I don't know how to explain it. People who have done it know what I mean, but people who haven't, you might think, oh yeah, I can go talk to people. Like, just try it. It's, it, it's frightening. Imagine talking <laughs> to like a, a movie star, someone you just feel like is out of your league or whatever. And you just go, okay, look, I'm just going to say something and respond. It's so act, it's acting. It's like what you teach, man. It's like, you just, you just fly by the seat of your pants and you find out if you fly by the seat of your pants, it actually works out <laughs> in a weird way. Because even when you get kind of quote unquote rejected or denied, you're kind of being playful. So it doesn't hurt because you don't take it seriously. But when you're in the, what if this happens, you're, you're fucked, right? You're just in such trouble. Well, I think it's, you know, you, you bring up something interesting in, in terms of uh, some of the things that I, I teach and, and bringing me some fresh perspective on it. But part of the challenge is, is that we're so unaccustomed to doing it. Yeah, You know, like we're so unaccustomed to doing it. And so we're not, sometimes we're not particularly good at it, <laughs> at flying by the seat of our pants because we're so calculated and planned and we want assured outcomes, which is an insanity. Like an assured outcome does not exist. It does not exist in, in life. So it's an insanity to try and, and, and pursue it to begin with. Right. It's, which is why we're often encouraged by again very wise people throughout time to it's just like be present and because then you can respond to the moment right because but you have to it's i think it is a muscle that we need to start building up because it does feel very uncomfortable and yeah sometimes we don't you approach a stranger you know like you're you're interested in someone you're attracted to someone and if you're not practiced at doing it you're not going to, you're going to be, you might not respond particularly well, you know, and yeah, and, and you'll get shot down or whatever. Well, that's, you get into the practice of living in that space of like, oh, like, of like, what's going to happen next in the moment, like a great improviser, mm -hmm. right? Like it takes, yes. a, it takes a while for people to start to get the, get the hang of that, that type of thing. But once you do it, how you respond becomes so incredibly appropriate. You know, like it's, it's suddenly this thing that was difficult. Now it's just like, oh, I'm I, like that, that muscle starts coming back into play in your life. That spontaneous thing, which I will also say the spontaneous is, is, um, is, a, is one of the most remarkable things of life. Spontaneity is life. Mm. You know, and, and many traditions have, have talked about this again, particularly within, um, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's more than this, but in my own, from my own understanding, particularly when you look into, uh, Taoism and Zen, like the spontaneous, like that is life. Sp life is spontaneous arising. It just like, it's just all of this stuff is just bursting into existence. 
right? And and yes. that's what we are a part of. And we need to be present in order to be part, like we are that spontaneous thing, but everything is continually spontaneous. So it's learning how to get comfortable and practiced with being in that in that space because yeah like it's and and there's a lot of interesting stuff particularly within um within zen students you know zen students there's all of these funny little things that masters will do to like throw curveballs at students that's just like to to get them into a space of the unexpected the unexpected the unexpected and eventually these these responses come out of the students when they are asked certain questions or they were put into a certain task that are so strange, but they respond in such appropriate ways, spontaneously, you know, without <laughs> any sort of preconceived whatever. In fact, they very much try to stifle out. That's one of the things that are are trying to be stifled out, are trying to be stomped out. It's like, is getting rid of what you think you know yes right because what you think you know is actually getting in the way of you being present of you getting with this thing that is happening called life so we've got to there's a there's like a saying that like in in the western world where they say try to learn something new every day in the east they say try to unlearn something every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Good. Yeah. I went on a bit of a tangent there, but oh, I liked it. Take the floor. You brought something up for me, the whole concept of hesitation, you know, because like, why do we even hesitate? You know, like uh, you like somebody and then uh, you maybe want to go talk to him. You hesitate. Um, you have an impulse when you're acting and you hesitate. You have this big vision idea for whatever creative thing you're doing and they hesitate on it. You overthink it, right? It's like being present is like, you know, you take a step, you just take a step, you, you know? And I think this is like, this is the thing that I'm, I'm realizing is like, there's a, there's a part of the artist mindset, which if you really like, if you want to be an artist, if you want to find out what's inside of you and what you're made of, if you want to, you know, bring the art out of yourself, you gotta, you gotta kind of like step in the direction of art. You know, you gotta, you know, you have an impulse and, and you gotta, you gotta walk into it. And you know what? That impulse might lead you to a place where you go, oh, there's nowhere to go here. Like this is, I stepped into the wrong room. I, I walked into the <laughs> wrong place, you know, I, yeah. you know, uh, and, 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 and you, you recognize it and you step out of it. You know, and the the artist, but the difference between the artist and the non-artist is the artist actually takes a step and the non-artist doesn't. And, and I really think in a lot of ways, it's that simple because, you know, dating, and I know like, I'm just using this because I think it's such a great example because everybody pretty much dates. Everybody wants a relationship to some degree. If it's not a romantic one, it's a friendship, but like a business part of some, and, you know, the person who hesitates doesn't take the step. The person who does, they, they get information. You step in, you step out and you, you know, I, I reached out to a guy who this guy's like, he's super popular, super famous. He has tons of people, right. Who probably are asking for his attention all the time. And I said, you know what? I'm just gonna write him a letter. Fuck it. I wrote him a letter. I wrote him a nicely crafted letter. He hasn't got back to me yet. 
But the thing is, is I did it and it felt great because I was like, you know, he's just a guy. He's a person reach out. And if he doesn't respond to me, I'm going to learn something. And if he does respond to me, I'm going to learn something either way. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a no lose situation. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, why don't you write the letter? What's the downside of trying, you know, like, like, am I going to be hurt feelings? Cause he doesn't get back to me. It's like, it doesn't mean anything about me, it, you know? And, and if you look at it from terms of, you don't necessarily control what other people do. But if you look at it in terms of if you are attractive enough, and I don't mean physically like the way you look, if you're attractive enough in what you are stepping forward with, whatever you want will want what you're stepping forward with. It's a matter of you being attractive with it. So like, for example, like um, you might think, oh, like I, I, I got nothing to offer. The thing is, is like, what are you stepping forward with? Like, like give it a shot, you know, like, and if you're looking at it from terms of you're trying to get someone else to respond to you, like, like, let's go back to an acting lesson, right? I know I'm kind of bouncing around here, but like you're in this, an acting scene with your partner and you're trying to get something from there. You're trying to do something, you're trying to accomplish something. They don't have to respond to you. They don't have to care about anything that you do or say. But if you give them something that forces them to have a reaction, like I'm imagining the guy that I messaged and whether he gets back to me or not, I can still be persistent. There's other ways I can go about, you know, connecting with him. I feel mm -hmm. like my approach was good, but I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that he got my letter or someone in his, in his group got my letter. There's probably a conversation. I'm on the radar. That's a win. I'm on the radar. So whether he gets back to yeah. me, it's like some, and I asked him for, I think a unique request, which I don't think was asking too much, but I think it was unique. I don't think people are reaching out the way that I did with the approach I did. Maybe they are. I don't know, but, but I know that I made at least a splash. There's something out there. And I think when you're in the moment, you just look at it, you go like, make a splash, see what happens, see yeah. what the response is. Maybe there's no response, but you know what? Every once in a while there will be, and that's pretty damn exciting. Yeah, and that's totally in, in this realm of learning how to just do that thing spontaneously, right. learning how to work that that muscle, right? Because it's like maybe you, you, you start off, okay, it didn't, it didn't work out, and I think that that's let's, – let's address that for a quick second here because – yeah. I I think that a lot of people deal with this. I know I've dealt with this where there's that fear that comes up with reaching out to somebody, you know, sending that letter, sending that message to somebody, reaching out. That that can be a, you know, it's such a simple thing, but it can be such a surprisingly hard thing for us to do. Um, and I think, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll just speak for myself on this one, but... For me, what I've often noticed comes up for me when I hesitate <laughs> on those types of things is that there's this sense of, well, if I don't hear back from them, you know, or if they say no, it means that I'm not good enough. Right? Like at, in, on some level, I totally I'm, not, I'm not good enough. That's what that means. And it fucking doesn't that's that's a story 
That's a story that you have in your head, right? It doesn't mean anything about you. It means that you took a shot, which means that you did something that 99 out of 100 other people weren't willing to do, that they were too afraid to do. And like you said, you, you still make a splash. I think as you learn your lessons, you know, like just I, one thing I've been learning as um, I've been learning over the last number of years about like running a business, <laughs> you know, like which was something that really scary. I mean, it still scares me in some ways, but <laughs> like what kept me from even attempting to do it in the past was just trying to have everything, know everything and have everything all, all figured out. And what I learned was just like, like you said, fuck it, just try. You have this idea. Cool. You're like, are you excited about it? Yeah. Try it. Just try it. Put it out there. See what happens. Okay. It, it, it didn't have that much of a response, but you know what? I learned a different, I learned how to, um, maybe to communicate something in a better way. Okay, great. Let's try that now. Right. It's like, oh, okay. That worked a little bit better. You know, it's like, it's just try shit. There's just, we, we do, we think way too much about how to do things we need to be more impulsive. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think that in our culture, this is just, uh, this is me just kind of thinking out loud now and, and whatever, this is a hypothesis, but I think that because we're the world and, and, and who, who we are as a, as a people, we're not short on impulsiveness. People do impulsive stuff every day. Very often it's like impulsive shopping, impulsive, um, you know, drinking, impulsive, you know, like whatever. We have impulsive distractions that we do for ourselves. And I think it's because we are not being impulsive in the right ways. We're not Mm. being impulsive creatively. And I think if we need to start being more impulsive creatively, you've got that inspiration to do that, to, to create that thing, fucking do it, try it, put it out there. Right. And, and a lot of, cause yeah, it is, it's such a strange thing. We need it's And it's one of those lessons that I think in pretty much every art form, you know, we come from acting, but in every art form, to my understanding, there is this thing of like, you have to follow your impulses, learn to follow your impulses, learn to listen to them. Sometimes half the battle is just learning to recognize them. You know, like you're having these impulses, but you're so used to just operating from a certain place that you don't even recognize it. Right. But once you can start learning to recognize those impulses, it's just like, oh, I had this, I had this sudden feeling and urge that I should do this thing. And it's like, okay, well, why didn't you? Uh, I I don't know. I I didn't, I didn't know if it would work. Well, now we'll never, now we won't know. (laughs) Right. But try it. Great actors great artists are impulsive right great and and by extension great creative people great creators in the world are impulsive and no it doesn't always work but you get better at it the more that you do it it starts to work the more that you do it and we are impulsive in all the wrong ways in our society and I think that, yeah, like it's, it's really about how do we get impulsive in a more, in a, in a deeper way. Hey, it's Evan with a quick public service announcement. If you're enjoying the conversation you're hearing and finding it helpful, 
then please help us and take a second to subscribe to the podcast. And we can all be people helping other people. And that's awesome. Now back to the show. Wow, man, that that was really good. You should cut that out and put that as a preview. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? You actually, uh, you, you really tapped into something really important there because, you know, impulsivity is obviously important. And I think people have some awareness of this, but what I, I had an insight as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, impulsivity and like spontaneousness is important, but it's like, are you doing it by embracing the moment? Or are you doing it by distracting from the moment? And there's this impulsivity, like I'm going to have the cake or I'm going to have the, the drink or I'm going to do the thing. And it's really just because you want to escape the feeling and it's, it's impulsive, but it's not, it's like, you're not honoring the moment. You're actually trying to escape the moment, which is a different impulsivity. And I think when the artist goes, okay, that's the moment. Like, let's, let's deal with the moment. Let's be in the moment. Let's embrace the moment. Let's work with the moment, you know? And I think, uh, you know, something that uh, you're, you're kind of drawing my attention to is that, yeah, like you don't run away. You like double down on it. You like go back into it. You like, you go, okay, like this is what happened. Let's like, let's like respond to what happened. Let's feel what happened. Let's deal with what happened. And it's like, um, courageous, you know, it's, uh, cowardly in a way to, to distract yourself from the moment. <laughs> Look, I like to think of myself as a courageous person, but I've been, the, uh, the coward. I've definitely been the coward. I've definitely been distracted and run from the moment, uh, far more than I'd probably like to admit, but it's making me realize it's like, yeah, like, how are you doing that moment? Are you embracing it and just being like, okay, like I'm in this moment, like, like, and, and, and I, I've been really trying to take on this perspective and I think I'm doing pretty well of it, at least of late, which is, embrace the moment as perfect it is exactly like to a t what it should be and when shit is going down and it's horrible and it just seems like it's so wrong and whatever if you can change your perspective to see it as a gift to see it as like this is giving me exactly what it needs and one of the things i try to remind myself of is like yeah because pain moves me like I'm just a human being in a human body and pain moves me, man. You give me enough pain and I'm going to get up. I'm going to move. I'm going to do something. I'm going to change it. You, you know, you put my hand on the fire. I'm going to move my hand. It's going to hurt and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to sit there and let my hand burn. And, and everybody is like that. And it's a wonderful thing to be in a human body because we have these visceral, like physical, painful responses that cause and force us into action. And actually, when we when we spontaneously pull our hand from the burning stove or fire or whatever it is, because all of a sudden we got too close, that's a healthy, good response. And it's not running away. But when we run away from things that are good, you know, when we look at somebody and we go, I like that person, or I want to go audition for that film, but I'm scared to message the casting director. When you run away from this stuff, that hurts too, but it actually is like embracing the hurt. It's like putting yourself back in the fire, you know? And, and so I think like when you're embracing the spontaneous kind of, uh, you know, um, just in embracing the moment, like you've got to look at it in terms of like, am I running away or am I working with it? You know, 
Am I avoiding reality? Am I not acknowledging it? Or am I like, be playful with it? Something painful happens, go like, okay, well, this is clearly causing me to do something, you know? And sometimes it's so painful. You go like, one of the things I try to remind myself of is that if it's too painful and I really don't want to do it and it's just too painful to do, and it's only going to get more painful to do, and I don't want to do it, I'm forcing it. And I just remind myself, like, look, if you don't have enough passion and enough care and enough desire to do this and just hurts and you don't like it and it's not fun, then you're forcing it. Don't do it. Go do something else. Cause you're obviously, this is not your path, you know, and you use pain to actually keep you on path, you know, to, to not let you get off path, you know? And like, uh, one last thing, Evan is like, if I'm eating too much, you know, which I'm pretty good about, but if I have my moments where I'm like eating too much of something, I'm like, this doesn't feel good. I feel lethargic. It doesn't feel right. Stop yeah. eating, put it down. You don't have to finish your meal. You don't have to do anything. You just, just, I'll eat it later, whatever. You don't have to waste it, but like, stop forcing the moment, you know, but at the same time, don't run away from it because it's uncomfortable. Like if it's, if, if you really want what's past uncomfortable, then go to uncomfortable, you know, and you have to make that judgment call. That's like a inner honesty kind of integrity thing. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I coming back a little bit to, you know, the, I guess some of the origins of this conversation It's like that, that pain, you know, like, it can drive us into action, but I think what happens before action is, is awareness, right? Like it's like pain brings our awareness to something, um, and, a and a kind of precision and clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it takes, like you said, like the, like the put you, putting your hand on, on the hot stove, right? There's, <laughs> there's an awareness that arises, you know, in, in the mind that, that forces you into action that that pushes you into a certain direction and this might not work we'll we'll give it a shot with this this metaphor and, and what this this episode is about but the the meaning of your life is happening right now that's what it's saying to you that's what the 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 pain is it's just like yeah all of that stuff is great but your hand is fucking burning yes all of these ideas and plans it's just like that's all wonderful but this is happening right now the meaning of your life is happening right now and you're missing it because if you're not paying attention if you don't feel the burn if you're not smelling the 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 smell that's coming right now it's just like you're you're missing it you're missing the point right bring your attention here bring your attention now that that conversation that you're having with the person in front of you that you don't want to be having that's the meaning of your life right now that's where your meaning is right like it's not it's not something that's out there you know like when we when we look at it it's it's there it is the meaning of your life is happening right now and everything that you're doing in every single moment that's Mm. the meaning of your life is right there not 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 some distant thing that to accomplish in the future, you know, like that's, this is something, this is what I'm, I'm starting to, to see and understand. It's definitely, again, not, not something that I know how to, I have fulfilled and I'm acting on my life because if I was, I think I'd be a completely different person to be honest with you. But I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but 
you got a shot you want to you want to take it or no 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 like I, I i don't know i i i think i just i ran out of steam i think i said what i wanted to say which is like the, the meaning is the meaning is happening right now like and it's it's incredible at how obvious that seems you know what i mean like and if we if we really lived that way if we really actually went about our, our lives that way like i i can just imagine that that life would take on an entirely different quality if every single moment of your life you carried with you that this was the meaning of it mm. in everything that you did in every interaction that you had in every you know task that you did in every dish that you cleaned in every you know phone call every um i don't know like just just in everything but i would say in particular in every single relationship and interaction with another human being you have i think that that's your meaning two and a half years ago you said something to me that was a game changer it was the first time you ever said it to me and you probably have thought about it before because you seemed pretty familiar with it, but you said everything is grist for the mill, including the mill. Oh. And I think that was something, <laughs> uh, some type of Meisner thing, but I, I really took that, you know, and I walked with that for a bit and I thought, you know, like, this is the thing, like every dish you clean does matter because if that dish isn't cleaned, it's not cleaned. And there's another dirty dish in your life. You know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't always measure that stuff. We don't always like, appreciate those things but like every little thing you do actually matters and actually makes a difference so like you know you're you're uh, working your job and you hate it you hate it you don't want to get up you don't want to do it but you're doing it whatever but you do it and you did it and it matters because it's a part of your journey right it's a part of the whole thing and like right now uh you know, I picked up all my shit and I moved from British Columbia over to a whole nother province, Alberta. And I, I said, I'm changing my life and I'm going to try something different. And, you know, now uh, we live on a big acreage, got tons of land. It's a totally different experience. We have a shop. And, you know, what's interesting is like now we have all the space and room, which was one of the big things I wanted. I just wanted space. I wanted out of the city. I was tired of being in tight little quarters surrounded by people all the time. I wanted freedom. I wanted animals. I wanted nature. And I wanted it. And I said, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And I made it happen. And it took a lot. But the thing is, is now I, uh, for a little bit there, like I've been running my business for like, you know, last like eight or nine years or whatever, and like doing my thing. But I went through, you know, with all the bullshit that's going on in 2019 and 2020, 2021, all that shit, uh, you know, it really brought up a lot for me. And I look at it and I went, you know, okay, well, um, I'm dealing with this. And so I got a regular job for a little bit. It was something that I just felt like I needed to do to create some stability in my life. And I did it. And at the time I did it, when I made that choice to do that for a little bit, it felt really right. And then there was a period of time where it didn't feel right anymore. And I remember like walking around kind of going like, I got to get out of this shit. Like, what am I doing? I'm like, I don't want to do this. This isn't where I'm supposed to end up. And I was having like a crisis of faith with that. And it was almost like the, 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 the right things came together. And then moving out of that was just the natural right next step. And 
I learned a lot of skills while I was doing these regular kind of like day-to-day jobs, you know, a lot of mechanical skills. Now we have a shop. Now there's things we want to build around this property. I have all these skills from that job. I learned how to use power tools like very proficiently at heights. I learned how to drive really heavy machinery. I learned how to do all sorts of stuff that the regular artist person would never have learned how to do. All of that was a gift and it's all coming to light now. It's all like, look at that. All these things, that time I spent doing this job that seems so pointless and like aimless and off track to me actually turns out it was a total gift in this moment. So everything we're doing is serving us. Every dish you clean matters. And like, it took me a couple of years to really learn that lesson because, you know, like, uh, like I think for a bit, I was kicking myself going like, what are you doing? Like, have you given up on your dreams? Have you failed? Like what happened? You know? And now I look at it and I don't know, that was a necessary part in the journey. It was Mm -hmm. absolutely perfect and supposed to happen that way. And it was exactly what I needed. And the, the future me, the me now, who's the future me to the person who is doing that work and learning those skills is thanking that person going, thank you for doing that bullshit Joe job or those jobs, because you taught me how to do great things now with my hands. And you, you taught me how to be physically capable. You actually taught me how to work with men better. You know, you, you, you helped build my masculinity skills, you know, which just cause you're a guy doesn't mean you have masculinity skills, man. Like you gotta, you gotta figure this shit out. You know what I mean? And I was in a blue collar fucking, you know, like gritty mechanical world, which is totally opposite from my artist life. And it taught me some fucking like, you know, some real, really good skills. And that was a dish I cleaned. And it seemed pointless at the time to some degree, but you know what? It's not so pointless today. And this is the thing you got to remember when you're in the moment, you got to be like, this is somehow serving me. It just is. You don't see yet. You don't see how the puzzle fits together yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm telling you it does. And you know, you have these moments of clarity when you're in it and you go, man, I'm so glad that that past me did this thing or whatever, but like you're in it right now. You just don't even know it. (laughs) Yeah. You just don't even know it. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, this is a really interesting place where the conversation has, uh, has, has come to. It makes me think of like, I think that, Jordan Peterson is kind of now um, probably the most most recognizable for for saying this for sharing this this piece of wisdom. But I I know there's been plenty of others in the past. But one of his first pieces of advice for people is clean your room. Yeah, you know, like clean your room. And and this conversation is lending some new light to that piece of wisdom. You know, because it's like it's wise because it's just like, because it means something. Your, your, your room being clean means something, you know, so you should do it. <laughs> right. Like these little things, these little moments, these little, um, as a, as a poet that we actually had on the show, uh, a long time ago said, um, in one of her short stories, domestic intimacies, these little domestic mm. intimacies have meaning to our lives in ways that we don't entirely understand. And, um, you know, it's, you, you mentioned before that, uh, earlier on that, you know, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, right? You, you shared that, that sentiment. And, uh, 
which was something that I remember first hearing from uh, in reading in a Dan Millman book. Like, what if, like, it was just this question, like, what if you were exactly where you were supposed to be in your life? You know, just consider that. And also it came with this, this sort of challenge and this question um, to live your life that way. Like to act as maybe you don't believe that, but what would happen if you acted that way? What would change? And I think that in many ways, this conversation that we're having, what if your purpose was happening right now? What if the meaning of your life is happening right now? I think that that question, like if we just start, like what would that change for you? You know, if suddenly it was just like, no, 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 like your purpose and your meaning, it's not, it's not some undetermined time in the future, but it was happening right now. What would that change? How would that change how you respond to the challenge that you're currently facing? How would that change the way that you respond to, you know, that, that friend or family member who you're having, uh, you know, a tough time with right now? How would that change knowing that the meaning of your life was happening in that instant? Yeah. And, I, and I, it's, it's, it's a question that I go, it's like, well, I don't know, but I feel a, a, there's this, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but just in that consideration, I, there's a strange, there's a strange sense, a strange feeling that I get when I ask myself that question, because I'm so not used to placing my attention in, in that way. I'm so used to taking these things for granted, for treating a lot of these things as not particularly important, or treating other people as if, like, if they only acted in this way, if they only, if people only just, you know, were different from the person that they are, you know, I think that we get caught up in that sort of stuff. And, and, uh, earlier on as well, Brandon, you were talking about like, you know, all of this thinking all the time. And it made me think of, uh, it, and it made me think of, uh, again, something that I heard Alan Watts talking about in, a one of his lectures, which was, if you're always thinking about thinking, then you never have new things to think about. Because <laughs> you're always just thinking about the thoughts that you already have, yeah. right? There's no. Eventually, you've got to stop thinking so you can do something new, um, and that that was something I wanted to bring up beforehand, and it, it just came back to me now. But like in terms of that impulsive, in that that impulsive part of ourselves. But anyhow, I I do I feel this this in in if to, in having the mindfulness of in the strange often very strange moments of our lives and, and situations that we find ourselves in. If we can say to ourselves, just like, this is the meaning of your life. How would that, how would that change the way that you respond to the way that you treat the moment that you're in? I think that we would treat it with a lot more care, mm. you know, a, a lot that that's just my intuition and my, my instinct around it. But like, I just, I feel a sense of like, holy shit. I've got to take care. I have to really take care of whatever is happening in that moment. You know, I have to be so present and mindful with it. Cause if the meaning's happening there, 
what other choice do I have? You know, what, what more important thing is there that I could possibly put my attention on? You know, there's a saying that you don't remember what happened as much as you remember remembering what happened. And this is why the past is, um, you know, it's, it's a game. Like it's a, you, you just, you think you're remembering the thing, but you're actually just remembering the memory. And the further you get away from something, the, the more either convoluted and like uh, confusing it can get because you've, you've made up in your mind that things meant stuff or things were a certain way and you just can confuse yourself about it. Or, um, you know, you can take something very traumatic or very hard in your life and you can do exercises, which I actually recommend where you actually remember them. If you're going to remember them, you just frame them in a better light, not because you, you don't want to, um, want to change what happened, but because you want to heal from what happened. I think a lot of being present and the capacity to be present requires healing the past and removing all worry from the future. If you are in either or both, if you're in pain from the past that you have not healed, or you're in worry of the future, you're, 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 you're bound and anchored to these things that keep you unpresent. And I, I'm speaking from personal experience. So to give some reference, I had, uh, like I was assaulted when I was like, uh, 18 or 19 physically assaulted, right. Um, in a very violent way. And, um, it traumatized me. And so for years I kept this anger so present, so like in my heart and, the reason why I kept it was because if I felt like if I ever forgave that person, if I felt like I ever forgot what happened, if I ever forgot the pain or the vulnerability and all the things that occurred and, and the betrayal, um, that I wouldn't be able to protect myself from it again. Mm. So I feel like sometimes people keep the past alive in themselves because they're scared that it'll happen again. They're, they're like keeping their anger, um, omnipresent and they're keeping their sadness omnipresent and their hurt omnipresent because you're actually doing it as a self like survival mechanism. And what I found is like after eventually, like after years and years of finally healing that trauma. And I remember like being in the same room with that person and um, forgiving them and just kind of being like over it. And I remember it being gone. And I guess, you know, someone said to me once when I was really in pain of the past, they said, you know, Brandon, you're behaving as though you're the same person you were when that happened. And you're not, you're a different person. Like you, you, that's happened. And now you've grown and you've learned, like, you're not that person. That person needed to be afraid of it because they didn't know. And you're trying to protect that person that didn't know, but you know now. So why the fear? You know, it's like, essentially you're pointing out, I said, you're right. I don't need to be scared of that anymore. I don't need to be angry about that. Like I'll never let that happen to me again. Not that way, at least. And I would be so much more, I think, proactive if I ever saw that happening to a young person again, because I've been through it and I have the empathy for it, but I don't need to walk around hating this person being angry about it. And so like, if you're having trouble dropping the past, 
Um, that can help. And one thing you said to me, Evan, actually, when I was working through some past stuff, you said, can you forgive yourself for not being able to forgive them? And that was a really profound moment for me because it's like, yeah, like sometimes you can't forgive that person, but you can forgive yourself for not being able to forgive them. And that was a transformational moment for me. And it's just a small perspective change. So mm -hmm. that I think are a couple of really good ways of looking at healing the past. And then the worry in the future, like, just look at it this way. Cause I was like, at the end of this year, like maybe a month or two ago, if you would have like, you know, I was dealing with some fucking really like, what the hell is going to happen? I don't know. Like, I'm just worried and I don't know. And what I realized about worry was like, you just never know what the future is going to hold. And sometimes the world gets crazy. And um, what once seemed consistent seems totally inconsistent and like totally out of whack. And you just have no idea what direction is. And I think what that can do is it can cause a kind of depression. At least for me, that was my experience. And what happens for me is I, when I get depressed, I tend to go along this kind of like, what's the point, you know, is kind of my thought process. Cause I'm like, what's the point? If it's all going to go to shit, if everything's going to like go to crap, like why bother? What's the point? And I think with um, our present talk, you know, the one that we're talking about now, what I realize is like, yeah, but right now it's working and it's good. So do it right now because it's good and it's working and it feels good. And, and don't worry. Like if, if something happens in the future, you'll deal with it. And I think the only reason why you wouldn't do that is because you're not actually embracing the moment and enjoying the moment. Because there's a real joy in doing the thing you want to do. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in like, I'm doing the thing because it'll get me here and it'll achieve this and it'll make that happen. And we get so in the future about why we're doing something. If you enjoy doing the thing, I just want to tell everybody that's enough. It doesn't have to be more than that. And that's why yeah. I think, like I mentioned earlier, play becomes actually meaningful because you just, mm -hmm. you, you do it because you like it. And, and look, if you want to be an actor, like I can tell you from personal experience, do it because you like it. Maybe you'll become famous. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll win some awards. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll never get a role. Maybe you will. I don't know. But if you like it, then go do it. Have some fun. Like life's yeah. happening, you know? And who knows? Maybe if you have enough fun, maybe you'll actually, maybe it'll all work out for you. But I can tell you one thing. If you're not having fun, it probably won't. And if it does, yeah. it's going to be shit anyway. So who cares? <laughs> yeah. And, and if you die tomorrow, you yeah. were doing something that was meaningful. Totally. You were doing something that, that gave that, that was purposeful. You were living in that, in that space of meaning and purpose, you know, and what, what else can you ask for? It's better than to have been living your life in fear and anxiety and, um, and resentment, <laughs> the yes. things that come with living in the past and the future. Yes. Right. Out of some sense of survival. You know what I mean? That's what you, it's like, and you could still die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And you and will you have died die not connected to that. Yeah. Die in resentment and anger and fear and anxiety. Like, like that's no way to live, you know? And I've said this many times on the podcast and it's like, it all comes back around Evan. Cause you know, there's these eternal truths that, you know, you have them, you might not fully understand them, but you know, they're true. Don't make decisions out of fear. I've said this so many times because fear is essentially living in the future. It's not 
fucking happening. Yeah. There are moments maybe where you're staring at the thing and you're there and you're eye to eye with it. And it's, and it's frightening and you, and, and fear comes up, but those moments are so fucking rare. Yeah. Most of fear is not happening, will never happen and isn't real. So don't make decisions out of fear. Stop doing that, you know, and fear can be like, what if I get rejected? It's not happening. You haven't been rejected. Fucking shut up. You know what I mean? Like, like you got to tell your yeah, little yeah. voice inside your head, shut the fuck up. Cause you, this isn't happening. This is yeah. a, what if this happens? Yeah. And, and if you, know you do, yeah. And if, if you do, happens, you'll deal with it. If you do get rejected, then like, what's wrong with that? Huh. The, the thing that's wrong with it is the thing is just that you're afraid of what that means. Exactly. Right. Which again is just another story. Yeah. And, and what, what you're saying as well, I think is important because yeah, fear is like never make a decision out of fear. It's just like, oh, so, you know, the, and it's an, uh, maybe it's a straw man with a straw man argument. It's like, oh, so what? Like I shouldn't be afraid of cars when I'm walking across the street. Yeah. It's like, it's not the, not the same thing. Like how many people are actually afraid of cars walking across the street? We respect the cars walking across the street. We look both ways, but we're not going out being like, oh God, you know, like what if a car hits me or something like that? And also in the moments where you see the car coming towards you, there's not enough time for fear. Yes. That's the thing that's like that, that like when you're actually in a life and death scenario, there's action. Like fight you're like, there's, fight there's no, is not, you yeah. don't think about fight or flight. It's, it's, yeah. it's automated. It's in you. You yeah. either run or you fight. Yeah. You are forced into, you are forced into the, into being spontaneous. <laughs> you are forced into being present into the moment to address with what's going on like the hand on the stove, right? It's like you are forced into it. There's not enough time to think about being afraid of the thing that's happening, <laughs> right? And then usually the fear sets in afterwards, right? <laughs> well, you don't even know the stove burned you. If you if you if you something hot hits your hand and if you're not present looking at it and you didn't realize it, it hit you by surprise. You're just like, you move your hand away. Then you acknowledge, oh, the stove was hot and my hand was too close to it. You actually don't acknowledge what happened until after the automated yeah. response occurs. And I think this is the big thing is like, um, trust your automated responses. Like, do you think, you worry about breathing? Like, this is an Alan Watts thing. Like, if you think too much about breathing, you'll start to go, oh my God, I'm forgetting how to breathe. <laughs> you know, like you yeah. can do that to yourself. But like, look, you're you're gonna naturally breathe. And most of the time you won't think about it. You know what I mean? And and your body's doing a whole bunch of stuff. Like your body is actually digesting food probably right now. It's figuring out how, what what to burn, fat or muscle. It's doing all this stuff automated. You don't need to worry about it. So trust your body, trust your system, trust your trust your instrument if you're an artist, right? Like stop doubting it. And, you know, and I'm saying this as much to our audience as I'm saying this to myself, just stop doubting your fucking fabulous, fantastic, incredible, amazing automated system. Let it do its job. And then for the little bit of consciousness that you have, when you think about all of it's automated, fucking embrace the moment, you know, don't put yeah. fear into that. Don't put anxiety and depression and sadness and anger and resentment into your conscious moments. Just fucking let it go. Be free in your conscious moment to like have fun and find meaning in having fun and embracing the moment and doing what you love and 
you know, see what happens. I think it's exciting. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm as guilty of it as anybody. Like I'm not, I'm not like saying to anybody like I'm holier than thou. I'm, I'm not, I'm like in the trenches with everybody. Like we all fall into the mix. Right. I think the big thing we had is you and I, when we had this conversation before we recorded like a month ago or so was like, we just had an enlightening moment. Oh yeah. Shit. Purpose is in the moment. Meaning's in the moment. It's not some future thing I'm waiting on. It's not something it's like happening, all happening now. And it was just like, it's weird. Cause it's so obvious, but it's like weirdly hard to get to some degree. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah. funny that way. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a quick, let's take a quick beverage break here. Let's do and it. And let's, uh, I think let's wrap this one up. Sounds good, man. Uh, uh you go. Oh, all right. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, this is one I've had on before. This is, this is sort of just one that I now keep as my, as a regular rotation in, in my fridge now is just like a nice, easy drinking, uh, beverage that's from a uh a craft brewery here in bc so this is from whistler brewing company this is their mountaineer pilsner just a light crisp delicious little uh little beverage you know i uh you know and it's not expensive it's just another thing you know uh which is is great it's i'm always happy when there's like a a when i to find like a great just like like i said a beer that's terrific to just have on hand you know like it's just nice and simple doesn't cost a lot of money but it's delicious and uh so that's what i'm having whistler whistler brewing mountaineer pilsner so that's not sponsored but i'm just a fan yeah and you're drinking it today well you know it's a good reminder i mean there are certain beers that i just love to go back to all the time craft brews and you know it's it's uh we've done a lot of beers on this show and it's 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 you know, it's good to have your regulars, you know? Um, okay. So here I'm having an interesting one. Interesting, Evan, because I never would have picked this. It got picked for me. Uh, the real estate agent, um, gave us a couple beers and they picked this out. So I never would have picked this, but I'm really glad that they picked this one because it's awesome. And here's the thing. It's, it's a sour golden ale. Okay. And to me, I'm like, uh, sour. I'm like, uh, I don't like sours. I'm like, this is, uh, let's see what happens. And it's actually really, really tasty. Um, this is from Snake Lake Brewing Company. They even gave me a nice little glass. Uh, I'll show you the bottle if you're on video. Oh. And um, uh, so this is interesting. I had to do the read up, the write up, read up, write up. This is a. Um, Hold on. This beer has been uh, re-fermented in the bottle. Um, Oh, no. Hold on. That's not the right one. (laughs) I got to get this this right. I read this somewhere. Where the hell is it? Uh, Give me a second here. I know. Just hang on, everybody. Cue the Jeopardy music. (laughs) (laughs) Where is this? Oh, here it is. Okay. A blend of sour golden ale and farmhouse ale aged with red wine barrels for 20 and 26 months, respectively. Moderately acidic with a distinct flavors of dried fruit, red wine, and oak. That gives you an idea of what I'm what I'm sipping at today. Jeez. 
that really sounds, good, man. That sounds laborious, man. That sounds like la- like a laborious beer to to produce. And actually, that's, understand that's love in that bottle right there. I understand why they do it because uh, it actually is a really really tasty beer, and it's it's kind of. Um, it's like a lot of things that I've had, but it has like a, it's, it's kind of like a nice lager. It actually tastes a little bit like wine, but not too much kind of has a little bit of sour sweetness to it. It's really great. It's been, it's been, it's been a nice one. I'll definitely get it again. So not an ad, not an advertising, just a tradition, but uh, you know, we do our beers. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, Let's close this one out, I guess, and uh, I'll I'll just go ahead uh, and I'm just going to reiterate something, you know, just because I like stuff that that seems a little bit practical. Not necessarily that it's easy, but it is somewhat practical. Which is try for myself. I'm going to try and remind myself more often to ask this question of of like. What if your meaning is happening right now? What if the meaning of your life is happening right now? The purpose of your life is happening right now. Um, in every moment, especially when it gets challenging, you know, especially when things are are tough, you know, it's easy to to just sort of relish in life when things are are going really well. But in the moments that we're challenged, is where there's usually the most growth that's there to to be found, and. I, I think that it like with with those moments that we're challenged when we are struggling, when we are angry, when we are sad, when we are depressed. Um, I by asking that question of of like, this is the meaning of your life. Like, what if this was the meaning of your life right now? I think that we can see the message that those things contain. You know, we can find the wisdom in the moments that's there for us, you know, cause that, that, that's actually there, you know, not, I, I think that that's also the, the beauty of the moment, you know, which is that there's no, when we can get in touch with it, there's no distraction. It's beyond our ideas of things. It's where we are in contact with, with, we are directly in contact with reality. Uh, the reality of, what's happening in the world and around us and the reality of, of ourselves in, in every single moment and whoever else we might be with. That's when we're looking at the meaning of, of right now, we are in contact with reality, the reality of our lives. Uh, and I don't know what could be more important than that. So, uh, I think that we are open to receive the messages that our life has to give us more readily and more openly when we when we are living with that uh, question on our hearts and minds of what if the meaning of your life is happening right now? Hmm. Well said. I mean, you summed up a lot of of what we're trying to communicate, I think, with this one. And I think I'll reiterate that this is tip of the iceberg. You know, I think like we both came in with that perspective and um, it it sounds, I mean, I mean, I suppose that sounds like, okay, well, there's so much more to get into. It's just like, 
being present, you just never know where that's going to take you and what that's going to open up for you. And that's why it's so tip of the iceberg, because like, I think when you, when you embrace that, it's not like having the answers. It's not like you got like the way, but it's, it's kind of like, you're going to be, you're going to walk some path in your life, you know? And I, I'm like, what I'm kind of realizing more and more is you're going to walk some path in your life. So you might as well enjoy the path, you know? And, and I, like when I was in my twenties and I talked a lot about being like really present in my twenties and all of this, I, I mean, I still had vision. I still had somewhere where I was going to go. I still had stuff I was trying to do, but the way I looked at it was just, you know, I just didn't, and I'm embracing it again. You know, I'm embracing the same thing, but the way I looked at it was just like, you could die at any moment. So let's go out fucking, you know, let's go out swinging. Let's go out going for it. You know? And uh, I think like, if, if you're going to walk away from anything from this conversation, at least from, if I can depart any type of like wisdoms upon you, uh, I would say like, uh, you know, for our audience and even for myself walking away, I would say, well, how about you just go out swinging? How about you just go out going for it? You know, because at least if you were going for it, at least if you were going for it all the time, you could never, you can never look back and regret because you'd always just be like, Hey, like I gave it as much as I had up until this point. And maybe I even started late, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I, but I started giving everything I could. And that was the most I could do for the time that I'm in. And I, I went out swinging, you know, and, and I, look, here's the thing. I think like we all gotta, you know, we're all going to die. It's just a matter of when. So it could happen today or tomorrow, or it could happen, you know, a hundred years from now. I don't know. It could happen longer. But the thing is, is like, look, go out doing it. If that, that's your purpose, right? And doing it is so subjective and so relative and just so like up to you. And if you can just embrace that, like there's no, there's no right or wrong way. It's just like, get in touch with that sense of yourself that just knows, you know, and if it's painful and it's toxic, move away from it. And if it's worth confronting, if it's worth dealing, if it's worth overcoming, fucking take it on. You know what I mean? And like, I'm a big believer in like the champion of a human being. And like all of you guys out there, like as much as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to my 16 year old self. And what I would tell to my 16-year-old self is say, fucking do it, man. Just fucking go out swinging. Go out fucking fighting. Give it everything you fucking got. Throw a haymaker, man. Like, just go for it. Let's see what happens. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see what's possible, and I hope you are too. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.